Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Play to pod. Hello and a very warm welcome to episode six of Play to Pod. We've been going for six weeks now, it's very exciting. We are having a much brighter time in London these days now. It's springtime, finally, after the Arctic temperatures of the last few weeks in April. We now have restaurants and bars open um, for outdoor dining, so that's very exciting. And we also have gyms open, which means we now have to think of some other excuses as to why we cannot go to the gym because we can't say they're closed anymore. So yeah, it's been it's been a good few weeks over here in the UK and I hope wherever you are, things are starting to look up too. We are really excited to be able to bring you an interview with Debbie this week. Debbie is mum to Jack, who is now 11 years old. I've known him since he was three and a half and used to come and visit me in Harley Street when I had an office there in London many years ago. He is an incredible little boy and Debbie is an incredible mum and he has an incredible brother and dad as well. And you're going to hear all about her journey as Jack's mum. Lots and lots and lots of positives. And um, Jack has become this incredible artist. I mean, all the children that I work with always blow me away with what they achieve. But Jack's art and drawing abilities has been incredible to watch um, it grow over the years. Uh, he started around five years old, being able to draw some really great perspective drawings, especially of trains. And um, yeah, you can check him out on uh, his Instagram page and you'll see um, why he has over 20,000 followers. So it's really exciting to be able to bring you um, Debbie's story today and I hope you enjoy listening to it. So um, I'm talking to Debbie today and Debbie's mum of Jack who is now 11 am I right? That's correct. Hi Ruth. Yeah hi. So do you want to tell me a little bit about Jack? Um, I mean where do you start? Um, I guess maybe <laughs> thinking about when he was really little when did you first start to have concerns about his development? So um, it's a hard one because uh, it really took us by surprise. Um, it probably does for most parents in the sense for us, Jack was our first and um, everything was going very well when he was a baby. The visits mm-hmm. with the doctor at the beginning, you know, I'm talking all your kind of initial checkups with the doctors and everything. And um, I would say when he started baby groups, I had a lovely group of mums when we lived in uh, West London um, that I still I am still very close to. And we used to go to all these baby groups. And then Jack, their, their children started talking and Jack wasn't mm-hmm. talking. So I'm saying 18 months, you know, they were saying mama, dada, things like that. Um, and then, you know, we hadn't experienced meeting anybody with autism not really i mean in my family um we I, you know it wasn't something that that was very visible to any of us mm-hmm. um and uh, i knew of autism but my knowledge about autism was very limited it was very superficial i would say in terms of watching movies and you know what i guess most people get but mm-hmm. thank god not anymore because it's a lot more there's a lot more awareness about it but yeah. when when Jack was little, I mean, it just wasn't out there as much as it, as it is now. It clearly wasn't out there. I mean, there was very little out there. So um, when he started pre-nursery in his first school, the team was great. And they all started saying maybe it's his hearing and mm-hmm. the hearing and everything was fine. And that's about the age that you got to know him. 
So yeah. he started with speech and language therapy with um, lovely Valerie and, 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 you know, he was nonverbal uh, pretty much. And mm -hmm. then um, in nursery in the same school that it was, it just, I think the team there raised a lot of alarm bells and we were very hesitant because, I mean, I didn't speak till I was five because we speak a few languages at home and, uh, you know, we were most of the people around us said oh you know it's it's probably that because you mix three languages at home it must be something to do with that and then the school started talking about places like Norwood and and then I'm I started researching and I and then I saw you know it's it's um and my my husband and I started thinking you know is there something that we need to, to action is it, it we started worrying is maybe there is something different about Jack maybe we but we were complete denial, complete denial. It's 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 an impossible thing to ask of parents to immediately jump on the wagon of that's mm. it, let's get going. You can't. Yeah. You have this. It's a it's a it's a it's going to sound like a strange thing to say, but you're mourning the son that you thought you were going to bring up, yeah. and not in the sense that you've lost anything, because I would never say that, because Jack, you know. It's something that happens to you that you're thinking, well, is there going to be health implication physically as mm -hmm. well? Because you don't know at the beginning, you know, yeah. there's a mental development that's um, different. And, and, and uh, but in terms of health, could it could his health be affected as he grow up? Is mm -hmm. there some kind of other issues we're looking at? And it, it just evolved from there. And I think so we had we had Valerie, we had you and but I was very involved with all of that. And I think. In a, in a couple, it's very hard, very hard. And, and Jack has the Jack and David, our little one, they have the best father and he's devoted. Mm. But it's a very different approach, women and men. It, it just is. Or, yeah. or you, you approach it from two different sides. And I think yeah. I became very hands on and trying to find ways to help Jack. And even at that age, it's very hard to know what that help is because you don't really know the extent of, um, of how far they are down the spectrum because mm -hmm. you don't until they're about seven or eight even. Mm -hmm. um, but we were very grateful to, to for when you came in the picture, it helped a lot tremendously. And then obviously Valerie as well. You were our constant for Jack, for us. Um, and then we were obviously told by the school, which was a private school, that there was no mm -hmm. real help they could provide. The next step for us when he turned four or five, and he was still struggling with his, with, you know, speaking, was to find the school for him. And at that stage, there was no diagnosis yet. No one could yeah. diagnose him because he's too young. And we had suspicions and every, and obviously we'd all, and even I remember when we met, we, mm -hmm. we said to me, we're not going to talk about a diagnosis. We're not going to yeah. talk about anything yet. Let's just see how it goes. And, and it all takes time, but on, you're in this limbo, aren't you? Because you, yeah. you're looking for a school and you can't, and and you have to be open about how his what you know about your child and and no omit anything and most doors get closed from the moment you say the words nonverbal and that mm -hmm. you've got that he's got occupation that he has uh, speech and therapy and that he it's it's inevitable that unfortunately a lot of people are a bit resistant and you know not to put all the blame on schools because schools depend on budget and mm -hmm. often don't have the facilities to help um, or the means or the training. And, and that's needs a lot of work still. 
And then they think, you know, Jack, the beginning was very hard. I'm not saying all of it isn't hard. It's hard, but it's a different mm-hmm. kind of hard. The beginning, you're lost. You're lost. Yeah. You're ignorant. You you are scared. You you have all these feelings. And for a couple, for a family, it's hard to to to, to cope with. I think I I I'm not surprised there's so many families who separate because yeah. of, of when you deal with a child with special need, any special need, it's very hard. Um, but uh, you know, we, we, we were very lucky, very lucky because we had you guys and then we had we had the school that he's currently in, Sinai Jewish Primary School. It's It's been a saving grace. Amazing school. Yeah, so it's, an amazing. it's a public school. They have the yeah. same, the other, and they had, they didn't have a lot in place when Jack joined. And the first, I will never forget it. And the first time we walked through the doors, the school was oversubscribed. So we had, there was no chance of us getting in anywhere. We would have had to wait. And the person the, the, at the time, who's, who's the head teacher now, Mrs. Lipshaw, got on, got on one knee in front of Jack. I was holding his hand. And he hardly said anything to anyone before, only to you and Valerie, really. Mm. And she said, oh, hello, what's your name? And Jack answered, Jack. And he held her <laughs> hand and we went for a walk around the school. And, and, and something clicked. But And I, I kept thinking, I hope, I hope, I hope. And we finally got in. So... You know, that, that was our first hurdle, finding a, a place, mm-hmm. a safe place for Jack, a nurturing, a loving and understanding place. Um, but then it was the next step was offering, getting them the help to help yeah. Jack. So that's the big, one of the biggest hurdles for most families is maneuvering this labyrinth of, of, of administration that you need to yeah. get through. It's the bureaucracy, isn't it? Goodness yeah. me. I mean, I know there has to be because you have to have a system in mm-hmm. place. And I think... When Jack joined, there was a change in the system. It went, it went from uh, statementing to EHCP. EHCP, yeah. Literally on the 2014 mm-hmm. September. That's, and, you know, schools are limited to how much they can offer help. Mm-hmm. With you. You, you have to be the Sherlock Holmes in terms of finding yeah. your feet. And that was the next big hurdle with us for Jack, um, trying to get him the help, finding out what that is and how it works and, and I'll never forget. There's another. There's two kind of pivoting moments in my life when I was um, when I when Jack started. I was some simple things. I was queuing in front of the administration uh, desk at the school, and all of a sudden, I'm talking to the administration lady, and I'm saying about Jack and how. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I mentioned the word autism, and then I had a lady tap me on the back, and she shook my hand. She she put out her hand, and she said. I'm an autism parent too. I, hello, my wow. name is Louise. And 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 I, I think I started crying right there and then because by then I hadn't met anybody who I could speak to. I wasn't very mm-hmm. active about it on social media yet. We were still kind of dealing with accepting yeah. the situation the way it was. And that changed a lot, a lot. I became, you know, I, I met more people. Facebook groups. I, I chatted to more people. We, I started a, a group at school of people with special needs, or parents of children with special needs, all a variety of needs, and we started to talk. And it, I couldn't. Every time somebody approaches me when they have, um, when their children get diagnosed with something or they have suspicion, is talking to other parents in this yeah. situation. There's, you can't put any price on that. It's, it's essential because not only do they listen, but they give you advice and a lot of them mm-hmm. might have children who are older and they've gone through it 
Yeah. So, and then from then on, you know, you start with the borrows. And, you know, I think all in all, if you, if I reflect on it, I'm quite, I would say, uh, pushy, would <laughs> be, in a nice way. <laughs> now, I'm yeah. insistent on getting the information and being prepared for for, for something. I, I like to, knowledge is, is power generally, and the more you know about how a system works, the better you can uh, navigate it. So exactly. uh, she, you know, I Camden, to be fair, Camden um, have been relatively good. I, I, mm. I, I hear very terrible story with other borrowers, so I have to count myself lucky a second yeah. time. First that Jack, well, third time now, first is you and <laughs> Valerie, uh, I mean, your organization and her, uh, it helped tremendously. Finding a school, meeting mm-hmm. parents, and then um, being in Camden, had, um, even though it was a crossbow with the school that he's at. And we got our appointments in relatively easy, not yeah. too easy, but, you know, we instead of waiting two years, maybe it was 10 months or 12 months before we got through the door and I documented it everything because you 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 had recommended that and I mm-hmm. and, if and, you don't then you get caught yeah, out <laughs> everything every person I spoke to every email everything I I documented everything and and uh, finally we got an ADOS he I think he was in year one at the end of year one or year two and then um he got diagnosed and eventually in in year two he he well, eventually he got his e- a full EHCP, which means money in the sense, mm-hmm. which and is support. It's yeah. a, it's a, which means support, which translates mm-hmm. to somebody. He had to have somebody with him to mm-hmm. help maneuver the day because it was just too much for him. Um, yeah. And the older they get, the harder it is. Um, he didn't have any help, really, any one-on-one until he was in year two. And I, I am in awe of his reception team and mm. his year one team because <laughs> yeah. The teaching assistant, it was just them. And with another yeah. 29 kids, they were amazing. I think when you came to school to talk to the children, in, yeah. in I think they were in year two. Yeah, and, and they were such a great about. group of children. They were just amazing because I didn't even have the access to a computer no. to make it fancy. I just had some laminated slides yeah. <laughs> on A4 paper. And um, those children were so responsive and they were so caring about Jack and they all just okay. understood him from such a deep level. They really did. It was such a just an amazing experience to speak to that many young children who just got it. Yeah, they they were, they still, I mean, they're all in year six, can you believe it now? Wow. And they, and they still talk about that visit. Many understood Jack that much better because of you and, and your input and how you approached it with the children of that age. And so anyway, I mean, eventually we were, you know, we had that and slowly, slowly things got put in place. But even then it's hard because you, mm-hmm. it has to be the right person and it has to, so it's constant, but we have to, thank our lucky stars that that the right mm-hmm. people were put in our path at the right time and for so many and I see it every day it's not the case they get crushed by the system yeah. instantly and it's yeah. very easily to get crushed I think you get completely overwhelmed and mm-hmm. I think you know I, I always so told myself if I could ever help somebody maneuver the system a little bit and give him a you know a glimpse of what at least some idea of how to do it. Uh, yeah. I can help one person. It would it, I, I would be happy. Um, I straight away there was um there is the Camden Forum run by two amazing uh, 
uh, ladies uh, in Camden and they, I joined that. One thing that helped a lot, and again, I, I think it's run with the National Autistic Society, um, it's uh, Early Bird Plus, which yeah, is a series that's of a really good yeah, course. six yeah. weeks, and I got put on a waiting list. And again, I, I didn't have to wait that long. Uh, I was on it. I chased. I, you know, I think you, you've got to be on it. And and it was six weeks. It was for two people, and we decided with my husband that for some of the course, one of the TAs at school would benefit from the training, mm -hmm. and I would go. And it, and again, you meet people, and you learn so much, so much. And it's a meeting other families, isn't it? I think that's absolutely. one of those important parts of that course as well that people who've often been isolated even more so than you have and just getting out there and meeting someone else you know at, the, at that age as well when Jack is maybe nearly six isn't he yeah um and just being able to meet other families who have a similar story and you're not absolutely. on your own absolutely and then it opened our eyes to the whole thing how diverse the autism you know yeah. uh, spectrum is how um circular it is it's kind of everything kind of wraps around it on itself and all the different conditions mm -hmm. that come with it and I mean I still learn today things about the condition and how to help Jack self-regulate and and I mean that the the, mm -hmm. the, the 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 thing is there is help out there is how to find it is very hard yeah and it's finding the right thing for your child as well, because autism, as you yeah. know, is so unique. You can read so many things. And that's why a lot of parents at the beginning think, well, this probably isn't autism because this criteria isn't met and this criteria isn't met. I always say to families, autism doesn't define your child and they're going to experience autism in a very different way from another child who may have autism. But it helps you to understand why they might find some things more difficult than others and also why they might be absolutely amazing at some things that we wouldn't be necessarily. So, that's And that's true. certainly true of Jack. Yeah, I, I think, you know, I, I was funny, I was talking to, the, to, to uh, just to kind of chronologically, I mean, after that, Jack, you know, he had, he, as he grew up, we saw that the difficulties were going to increase, um, not just the difficulties, obviously, a lot of things improved, and I think the best yeah. thing we could have done for him, and it's partly due to the, the fact that he was in the right school, mm -hmm. is the fact that he was in a state school, surrounded with children who are not, who are more typical, if you could use that, yeah. that word. And he learned a lot from them. Social interaction, yeah. massive. I mean, he still has miles to go, but he, it helped him tremendously. It also, I guess, in a way, numbed him to certain things. So he couldn't, mm -hmm. for years, he couldn't eat in the hall because of the level of noise and the, you yeah. know, the, the echoing and all that. And now he's there with his friends and he's eating his lunch and, and they've learned, he's learned to cope. And he's, you know, at some point, teaching them to cope is so important because mm -hmm. you know it, it, it's part of their independence it's part of yeah. their the coping mechanism so and, and school have been very patient very patient um and they the, so I think we did the right thing we were always questioning ourselves should he be in a special needs school should he be in a mm. But we saw that that he was benefiting so much from yeah. from socializing and and the children around him were amazing mm. I have I am telling you Ruth I have never had a, one case of bullying at school not one not That's one amazing. case and not case, one one case where 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 there has been any issues the, the response of the children the care the, the the wanting to care for Jack and help mm. him has been tremendous he's been very lucky very lucky and I was saying to Jules the other day maybe so Jack was diagnosed with moderate to severe autism mm -hmm. okay. 
that involves a whole lot, a whole lot of things encapsulate that. This was at the time of the Eidos. That's probably no longer exactly how you say it, probably. But that's so. You know, he there's many concepts he doesn't understand. There's many mm-hmm. um, social situation that he can't read, and I think it, it, it has protected him in some way. So there's many things that he, if he was to face people who are maybe not as kind-hearted and more judgy, depending on how they say things, he just doesn't. We've been faced outside of school with certain situation in in public spaces, and he doesn't flinch. It doesn't. It's not something that has. So I guess in a way he's protected in that way. I think mm. there are a lot of children who have. A higher functioning ability, but struggle so much with social interaction, yeah. sensory uh, pr- processing, all those, and 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 their understanding is a lot more developed than Jack's, and mm-hmm. they feel things so much deeper in some of getting their feelings hurt and and not wanting to be feeling different, and it's hard enough being a kid, yeah. let alone a teenager as you grow up, and being faced with sometimes judging people judging people not understanding you people and taking all that on as well as everything else you're trying to process on the daily basis yeah. so jack for now and we you know he he doesn't really get that he doesn't and 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 i guess i'm i'm thankful for that in a way i don't know mm. i don't know you never know what to what to you know you, you, i i say to my husband you know we we we're grateful that he's healthy physically mm-hmm. That he's happy, that he does. He's not missing anything around him. He's got everything he needs. That he's that he enjoys his life, his everyday life, apart from the moaning. There's a lot of moaning. <laughs> Never mind. But he. And then he's you know, nearly a teenager, so that's going to come oh as well. So slamming doors, uh, moaning. Oh yes, <laughs> we've got moaning, screaming, slamming doors. <laughs> but at the end of the day, he's happy. He's happy. Yeah. He has these. He's, and he's he's got uh, since year mid year five he's always had amazing te- teaching assistants or mm-hmm. learning uh, assistants but since uh, 2005 this 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 gem of a lady came into the picture her name is Mrs Shine and she literally is like her name he that is, is an amazing name he <laughs> is her other half in terms of how they <laughs> you know how he fit with you like straight yeah. away. And he was talking about you well after we had we, we weren't together anymore. Ruth was <laughs> and he's like that with it with Miss Mrs. Miss Shine. She's a this amazing young lady who has a tremendous way of 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 being with Jack and thinking, always thinking ahead and and with the guidance of the school, always making sure that he's on the right path. And it's made a massive difference with so I have to say, you know, autism is um, any special needs uh, conditions that are hard to handle for families, yeah. and they're very hard to uh, come to terms with. And you worry about your child that much more in terms of his life and 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 how you can best prepare them for what's to come. But uh, we we've Junan and I we've been very lucky, very lucky, mm-hmm. very lucky because. You're dealt in life. You're dealt a hand. You never know what that's going to be. And and I'm quite, uh, I'm quite, I wouldn't say overly religious, but I'm I'm very spiritual in that sense. Mm-hmm. And I do believe that that things happen for a reason. And 
Jack was given to us for the reason to make a difference in our lives. And he has, he has, he's, he's made mm -hmm. a tremendous, tremendous contribution to our life with so much more understanding, so much more aware of things, so much more pa the patience you learn to have. Mm -hmm. you know, I wouldn't be the person that I am if it wasn't for Jack or Julian or, and his little brother, David, he's learning to grow up, to be patient, to be understanding, mm -hmm. to be forgiving, to be, Uh, generous and 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 a lot of the things he has to because Jack demands it. <laughs> you know, it's what it is. So it's 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 a new chapter now with him going into year two, yeah into year seven. He's got a. Um, uh, it was a hard decision, but we found this beautiful school. It's a state school mm -hmm. uh, in Can in Hendon. Uh, They have a new building, uh, Kisharon Noe. And they do amazing work with children with special needs of uh, from all all eight, from the age of young age to the age of nineteen, and all sorts of uh, special needs from very severe to um, uh, maybe less severe. And they've grown in size, and there's mm -hmm. a demand out there. There's, I think yeah. there's a lot of presence now of set of special needs education in primary school. But the mm -hmm. moment you move into the secondary school sector, yeah, course, it all hard. becomes very academic, very academically yeah. driven, GSCSE, A-levels. And it's understandable because, you know, the majority, you know, concentrate on those diplomas. But then you're left with special needs. And the, mm -hmm. there's such a big variety of, of them that schools can't cater for all of them. They yeah. just can't. So, you know, it, there's there's not that much out there. So... We, we've met with them once. I, I've met with them once, and 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 they've been again amazing at the response. And we hope that you, we hope that it will be a good fit. But again, you just until you try, you don't you don't really know. <laughs> the, my only concern, I guess, was um, Jack hasn't actually been around special needs children that right. much. Mm -hmm. He was once at a training in Camden for occupational therapy to learn to self-regulate, and it didn't go very well. He was <laughs> with a group with very active and very vocal children. Right. He was quite young at the time. It was the first group session ever, mm -hmm. and yes, we had to leave, but because he got very anxious. But they assured me that you know, obviously, Jack's old, older now, and and they had a mm. great approach. You know, you know. It, it, Jack, if Jack is one of the more able children, then there's definitely a learning possibility there for responsibility, for guiding others. For and Jack loves that. He loves being helpful. He loves yeah. being told that he's that he's being helpful, that he's got done a good job at something. Mm -hmm. that, so it's a whole different, um, a, a whole different page that we turn and teenagehood, like you brought up. That's going to be. Interesting. <laughs> I said to my husband, yes. "You're going to have." to take a course on something like that because uh, to try and explain the facts of life to your son and I don't know how you even start. Because <laughs> you're not going to do it. <laughs> so do you want to tell me a bit about Jack now? Because he's obviously this amazing artist that's oh, developed yeah. over the years that I've known him and it's just, he's, it's incredible. He's So Jack, uh, he, he, I think when he was about five, he, he, uh, I'll never forget, he was in the kitchen. He loves trains which is not mm -hmm. unusual for boys like that. Yeah. He loves going on the London Underground, passionate about buses, and he was in the kitchen, he was very little, not talking, and he starts drawing, drawing. he drew a line across a paper horizontally, and then draw, lines coming off it, a perspective, 
I'm thinking, mm. what's he doing? He drew a perspective. I still have the, the drawing. I wrote the date on it because I couldn't believe it. And he drew a train coming to you kind of thing. And I'm thinking, how does a five-year-old know how to do that? And <laughs> and then it just grew from there. And he, it, it, it relaxes him. He does beautiful drawing. So he's, I started documenting what he does. And he's been entered in competition. So he, he the latest one was he, he got it um, exhibited at the Royal Academy. Uh, and he won a competition, the visual art open competition that was in, in Chester. That was a couple mm -hmm. of years ago. He won best young artist, and wow. it kind of. And then all of I was quite active on social. I've been quite active for him on social media, and he's got this page for Jackito Art, and and he and he always had all, all these people wanted to see more of his drawings, and then it started with planes, uh, British Airways. Can you believe British Airways would have been amazing? They they yeah a silver member because of his drawing and then he <laughs> met, he, uh, um, he's done some amazing things through his art. He the EasyJet Academy got in touch mm -hmm. um, via a parent at the school, which was amazing, and he got to see the academy. Wow. And we went for the day, and it was just a dream come true. So he, I always tell him, you get to do so much through your art. You get to experience so much. Um, and he's so talented though he is incredible and he's got 20 is it twenty thousand followers on instagram now or more than that yeah yeah no just yeah 20 something and, and 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 i mean he's so he goes through phases with his drawing and lockdown has been a bit of a letdown for mm. in that sense because his yeah. imagination has not been tested as much as it normally yeah because you know, there was literally he just got back on a train a couple of weeks ago so a whole year with no London Underground or public transport, you can imagine. No. Or travelling, for that matter. Yeah, because he loves his aeroplanes. Yeah, so for him, obviously in the big picture, it's not an issue. But for mm -hmm. him, it was in his little world. So that was a real struggle for him. And he's just starting again with his... He went on the train and he started drawing trains again. And he started oh, brilliant. drawing... Um, he's doing uh, maps He's working on maps at the moment. So you never know oh, wow. where it's going to go. Where it's going to go, yeah. And he did that. Um, he did a wonderful uh, with uh, um, Jewish News. With Jewish News, he did a lovely podcast, like an a radio interview. Um, oh, wow. A few years ago. He was young. He must have been in year four. Yeah, he was must have been year four, year three. And he was there with his headphones. And he was chatting. <laughs> and he was so cute and, and, and quite you could understand what he was trying to say. I kept saying, you know, he, he can't always express himself. And you mm. still, you know, you can't have lengthy conversation with Jack. It's very much centered around what he wants to talk about. Well, yeah. yeah. But, um, you know, every once in a while, he's just testing and you're thinking, oh my God, you're so grown up. It's yeah. Amazing. Well, he's getting there, isn't he? He's going to be in university and probably doing some kind of art thing. Oh, so we just, you know, that's the other thing. Obviously, I know his. I know what barriers we're faced with, and I, I know yeah. his what he can't. You know, things that he still can't do. Or, but I don't put anything past him because you just never know. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I think in the right school, you just never know. He might surprise. He surprises us every day in yeah. what he does and the conversation he holds and the comments he <laughs> makes sometimes. So I think with children with autism, you always brace yourself. One of the things I do, which is kind of a, one of the, I guess it's a funny little thing, on my Facebook page, I tend to put 
clips of conversations with Jack, the funny ones. <laughs> so, and, 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 and he's always, uh, you know, when you never quite know what he's going to say. Sometimes it can be a little bit difficult to explain when you're funny. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think it, all in all, he, he, he's, he's a very caring boy. So he's always... Uh, He's always considerate. He's quite considerate of others, but he's mm-hmm. also got no filter. So you never quite know. Well, what and say. you know, that's, you know, it's a way to cut through all the extra bits that we all have to go through all the time, isn't it? I think sometimes I it's, yeah, it's a good way to see life. To see how it is. The last one was he was at a gate uh, and Julian was with him and, he, and there was a lady behind him. Julian said, Well, let the, get, let, let the lady through. So Jack opened the gate and she walked past and she was still in earshot, not quite. Far, far, far enough, and he said, "Oh, why does he smell?" And <laughs> Julian said, "Jack, don't say that. It's the lady. You don't say that." And he says, "Oh no, it's it's a good thing, Dada. She smells like Cadbury's eggs." <laughs> so how do you turn that into a positive? It was <laughs> that's in a nutshell. That's Jack. Well, maybe that's her perfume. Maybe there is a Cadbury's egg was perfume. Absolutely. <laughs> My father is convinced that Jack has an, uh, a sense of something with his smell. He's, yeah, he does smell that things. happens. Yeah. And, and he says he should be, in, should be making perfumes. I don't know what the word is. I'm not quite sure off the top of my head what the word is for somebody who does that, but he's uh, convinced. But it's true that he's his sensory. He's obviously got all this sensory overload that he deals with mm-hmm. every day, and he tries to comp- put him in little boxes. This lady, she smells like Cadbury's eggs. This does this. <laughs> and he takes well, at least it was Cadbury's eggs. <laughs> I know he loves those. And uh, it's funny because at night and in the shower, he talks. He talk, right. because Jack has always coped through stories. So he mm-hmm. does, since he was little, one of his coping mechanisms is he talks to himself and he'll do uh, he'll maybe a video that he's watched on YouTube of a Dave Hacks, one of these guys who does these, who makes things or mm-hmm. anything like that. He'll be, he'll repeat it from beginning to end in his head. He's memorized it after listening to it for just a couple of times. And he says it and it takes 15, 20 minutes. And he'll go through it with gestures and, and he'll take on the accent of the person that was on the YouTube video. <laughs> so all of a sudden he becomes American. It's quite funny. And, 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 and it relaxes him. And mm-hmm. so it's part of his daily routine at school. He has story yeah. time. They know that it's a coping mechanism that he uses to kind of bring himself back to, mm-hmm. on the, to the ground. And, and at night, I can see him talking about his day. Mm-hmm. He out loud, well, now, not too loud. His little brother sleeps in the same room, but he he just talks it through, and sometimes it takes too long. But I, I we used to go go to sleep, Jack, go to sleep. But we realize there's no point until he's done he's doing, yeah. doing that recap. I guess to bed a little earlier, but he he just takes about half an hour, forty minutes, and then all of a sudden, quiet. That's it. Done. <laughs> it's like a little computer. Yeah. And that's good. And it's good that he's allowed to do that kind of thing at school as well, because that's obviously yes. going to help him regulate. There's a lot of maybe some other places might be a little bit less understanding of that. And then you have a child that becomes really frustrated and really oh, anxious. Yeah. I think they, they I mean, I've learned with school, the school has evolved as we've been there every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, we uh, we managed to get it so I'm very involved with all the fundraising and I'm a governor at the school and I, I, I manage the fundraising committee and I 
you know, we, we raise money for sens- a whole sensory room. Wow. Uh, the the training that the the senior leadership girls put into teachers in terms of training for special needs children. Mm-hmm. Uh, another mother that I quite close to, she works for a charity for peop- uh, children with, who are, have difficulty hearing, and mm-hmm. and she managed to get funding to a panel one class in every year group and the gym and the hall and that's made a huge difference even for jack wow. because mm-hmm. the, the, the sound you know it, yeah and so we've got a very it? active school all around mm-hmm. uh, that's and, brilliant and it's definitely not just uh it, it's a it's a team effort and and a group of governors who are dedicated at the school to to make sure that the children have the best and jack's benefited from all of it from the beginning so we're mm. very lucky and i i, I think as we move forward, we hope that we can help others in any way we can, through advice, through sharing experiences. And I think something like this that you do, sharing yeah. people's experience, it's amazing. It's amazing. And it's just trying to help, even if we only reach one other family, as I was saying to you earlier as well, one other person, just so they know they're not alone. I think that's really Absolutely. powerful and that's a big aim for this podcast. So if you had advice for somebody, maybe just two two kind of top tips for someone that was at the very beginning, like you were with Jack, at the very start of everything, what would what would you say were the two most important things that they could do for themselves and for their child or both? So depending on what stage there are, the age of the children, if they're in, enrolled in a school, I would say search out other parents who are in a similar situation because that's a good stepping stone. Social media, I know, can be frightening to some, but there are some very, very valuable groups on Facebook, mm-hmm. online, where, who guide uh, um, each other very well without judging and without any of that. Um, and I would tell, I would advise them to start getting informed. Um, mm-hmm. Go online. Uh, the national, you know, the National Autistic Society has a lot of information. And there's a lot of resources out there to start mm-hmm. learning about the condition and learning how the system works. And uh, depending on your borrow, and obviously, borrows aren't always that helpful. But the information mm. is there. There has yeah. to be by law. It's there. Yeah. What you're what you're entitled to, by when, uh, and and all of that is online. Um, mm-hmm. But I think the friendship of somebody getting to know someone who is in a similar situation is definitely very valuable. The not mm-hmm. feeling alone is very important. It's essential, essential because yeah. it helps on every level. It helps you get information. It helps you relate that feeling to then maybe your partner or the rest of your family because mm-hmm. then the whole family kind of realizes that you get support and and, yeah. and then you can – you, you, it often happens that you end up having to teach your own family about mm-hmm. certain conditions. I mean, we've had to in the sense that they're so much more aware of of of, um, of, of autism, for example, in our family yeah. than they used to. And it's normal mm-hmm. because if you're never faced with that situation, how are you going to know? Yeah. So, yes, trying to find the right support group, I think, is very important. A mm-hmm. lot of help comes from that. Even to this day, the first initial groups I joined I have find things out on a regular basis um, mm-hmm. about uh, new laws being introduced on how to help children with special needs. If they talk about extra funding giving to borrowers, if there's yeah. a change in the system, all of that, all of those kind of big government announcements, things like that, they all filter through those groups. And you hear, oh, did you hear about this? And have you applied for this? And and so 
learn i think learning from those people who are maybe gone through it is 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 very valuable and mm-hmm. joining those groups and finding the help it, it will help to find a way of helping yourself um, yeah and it's always going to be different for every single parent every mm-hmm. single parent i've met has had a different journey it's never yeah. been the same for for it's never the same for for, uh, for a single family because the needs are all different i mean that's the thing that impressed me the most is how different one ch- autistic child is to another yeah. completely different so you have emotional aspects that are very similar in terms of carers and parents you, you go through the same kind of roller coaster mm-hmm. ride but then when it comes to the nitty-gritty of exactly what your child needs it's all different it's very unique and that's the thing I think there's a lot of like misinformation out there about autism that's it's a one-size-fits-all approach and maybe local yeah. authorities quite often have just one service that does one type of approach and one type of intervention. And um, there is just not one thing that works for every single child that meets this criteria of a diagnosis of autism. I think what you do is incredible. What, what your organization does is amazing because you, you, you talk to the, you know, Bruce Autism reaches the children when they're very young, when, mm. when often nobody else would be able to help. You know, because at a very young age, I found at the time that a lot of professionals were very weary of, oh, you know, wait and see. And, mm. and, and, and you had that approach. We're not going to talk about a diagnosis. We're going to have, we're, gonna, we're just going to go through it together and see how he develops and see what Jack needs and see how, uh, mm-hmm. see what, how we can help him. And, and I think that's an amazing approach. I think uh, you need to start as young as possible, if possible. And that's the thing as well. I think it's just knowing that you don't have to have a diagnosis to be able to do things that are going to help your child because yeah. we're not, you know, we're an autism specialist service. That's what I run through Blue Skies, autism specialist service that provides therapy for children um, who are very, very little. But we don't focus on the diagnosis. We focus on the child and what their needs and what their strengths are and work with those. Because if you just look at waiting for a diagnosis and then only working with kind of autism specific, this is a one size fits all, those kids are not going to get the support that they need. And you're going to have to wait even longer because you're not going to get that diagnosis till they're a little bit older anyway. So it's trying to deal with the the issues that your child is experiencing when they're little um, and not calling it anything at that stage and, and just seeing how things go. And I think what you do is so much more than just helping children. I think you, you have to understand, you know, you know, I mean, I've mentioned it before, parents are often come to you and you probably you must see it how lost they yeah. are you must yeah. have seen it when I came when we met I was lost mm-hmm. I was very worried very lost and what you do for them is unmeasurable you can't measure something like that if you find I always you know if, if parents manage to find that kind of help and mm-hmm. I've often directed well you know I've often directed people yeah. to you because I'm that's my experiences have been so positive and it was like a starting point where you could kind mm-hmm. of lift yourself a little bit and not be so scared about what's yeah. to come and, and 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 you were there and you could come to the school and you could you know you follow through and and it, and, and all those things having a team of people is, is around your child is you know you, you, you can't measure that it's, it's 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 very important and look he's 11 and I know he's not strictly under your care, but you, you know him still and you're, you, you know what's, what he's doing and we keep in touch and, and all those things help. All this and I'm just I'm just so proud of how well he's done and he's lucky yeah. to have you guys you're saying you know you're lucky to have Jack in your life and I completely agree but he's very lucky to have you and that's what we see with a lot of children that we work with when their families are, are you know 
switched on as they always are and, and really you know they're the advocate for that child it's just such a it makes such a difference to that child's mm. life we hope that uh, we always you know for us as long as he's happy mm -hmm. that's, I, I think one of the things that um, scared us the most when we did the uh, early bird plus is the statistics that you get presented mm. with and they yeah. have to in general they, they you get given all these statistics and one of them was the, the very high statistic of children with autism uh, becoming uh, the the rate of depression and and, mm. and drug addiction as they grow up and, mm -hmm. and the addiction of any sort you know it is a worry and 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 I, and I and I always with Julian we're we have always that's always stuck in our head mm. you know, as long as he's happy yeah. and that we manage his obsession as best we can so they don't mm -hmm. don't derail into something unhealthy because it can, mm -hmm. with children he's very little now his obsessions are roblox and, yeah. and certain things but as they grow up grow up you know it could easily turn into something negative without even kind of noticing and mm -hmm. then when you do notice it's too late so mm -hmm. you know that's our aim for for jack is to stay a, ha a happy caring and 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 a curious little boy he's not going to be a little boy but you know a man <laughs> somebody who you know and and help him learn how to cope with everything around him and like you said mm. school helps we we will be very dependent on the school to guide us in the in the in the right direction because mm -hmm. they know how to do, we haven't yet be presented with a T autism in teenagers this is like new territory <laughs> that I'm entering so I'll have lots to say in a few years we can do the interview <laughs> yeah again. We'll, we'll interview again in five years <laughs> I'll um, tell you how do, it went. do you have anything else you wanted to add it's just really nice to to be able to to get go through what we to explain what we've been through mm -hmm. I think it's yeah. nice to have a voice and 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 you give that voice to 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 to, to many people and and I think what you do is is wonderful really truly wonderful Thank so, you, Debbie. Thank you for inviting me. I really appreciate it, Ruth. It's very and it's nice. been lovely to talk to you. And it's just amazing to hear how well Jack is doing. And I think he's going to completely just carry on surprising all of us over the years. I've always wanted to show the positive of our story. Yes, the struggles, mm -hmm. but there's so much positive in our story with Jack so far. that You cannot not tell it. Yeah. You've got to and be And it's going to help someone else listening, isn't it? Yeah. I hope so. We um, and and I'm I'm looking forward to going to his art exhibitions as he, you know, starts yes, to exhibit in the the Lowry and the National Portrait Gallery and all that. Well, wouldn't that be amazing? <laughs> You'll be invited to all of them. You'll be the first. To I know. will expect VIP <laughs> treatment. But thank lovely. you so much, Debbie. Thank you, Ruth. It was really lovely. Thank you so much to Debbie for sharing her story with us. It was lovely to hear um, how Jack is getting on now and to think back about where he was when I first met him a few years ago um, and to hear more about his incredible artwork. I mean, yeah, that guy is going to go somewhere. Um, so it's a name to watch for sure. And I'm really excited about getting my VIP tickets to his first exhibition in a few years' time. Debbie's story also shows the difference that a supportive school can make and they have been very lucky in finding the school that Jack is in currently and the peer group that Jack has an incredible bunch of children as well. I remember spending some time with them a few years ago as Debbie mentioned talking about autism and trying to help them understand how best they could support Jack as, as friends and so they were a really empathetic very perceptive bunch of children who I really enjoyed spending time with. And it's been lovely to hear how they've been so supportive of him over the years, nurturing him and having him in their peer group. Though it's nice that he's been able to build that friendship group with them. 
And you can find the amazing Jack on Azaguri underscore Jack Ito Art on Instagram. Um, if you think we might be able to help you, then you can find us on www.blueskyautism.com or our training website for online training is www.playtotalk.co.uk. The world could fall down, it's gonna be okay.